0: I thought he was going to introduce me as Nikki and the boys, doing a bit of a rerun. Do you know what I mean? I've got the whole band up here. You guys can go off if that's okay. Give them a hand. They've done a great job. Hey, it's great to be here with you and uh, just hearing great reports, how the church is going. Pastor Charles is doing a great, great job, isn't he? And he's uh, down at the North Campus today. We want to continue to keep him in our prayers, doing an absolutely brilliant job He. Um, We sort of connect once a week, and there's great grace on his life. How many of you sense that? He's really leading with ease. There's not a struggle. There's not a striving, and we thank God for that, which is absolutely fantastic. I just want to give you a quick update, and then I'm going to just share some thoughts about the presence of God, which is good. Uh, We've landed in Adelaide quite well, actually better than what I thought. We were a little bit fearful, thinking, wow, there's such a change uh, of emphasis in, in what we do and who we are. Uh, but God's been good to us. How many of you know God always goes before you? He's always planned. And, and it's been amazing. There has been a little bit of a setback with my mum. And, um, you know, she's not doing too crash hot, actually. How many of you know God's timing is perfect? He just knows every circumstance. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you need. He knows what your family need. And, uh You know, mum's declined quite a lot. She's starting to just lose her memory a little bit. Um, She's on a walker and uh, I've become her full-time sort of carer and I go and do the garden for her, and uh, I've got to get that right. Believe it or not, she still has the ability. She sits, uh, you know, in the kitchen and through the kitchen window. She goes, you've missed a spot here. You haven't done this, and uh, it's just amazing. And I have to, you know, clean the house for her. And this is what I've realized, that it was easier easier pastoring five churches than taking care of my mother. And uh, it is quite a... Quite a challenge, and Meredith and I are working through that. And um, you know, she's she's so independent; she's fiercely independent. When you put that in an Italian setting, uh, we try to get her a cleaner, and that wasn't going to happen. She goes, "No one is going to come and clean my home." It's like she was referring to me. I'm you know, you're my cleaner, and uh, she fought us black and blue. And eventually, we got the cleaner in, and. uh, you know, as soon as the cleaner came, she, oh, beautiful girl, started kissing her. And the cleaner said, do you have a vacuum cleaner? She says, no, I don't, because, you know, it's got vinyl floors. But as soon as she left, she goes, you have to go and buy her a vacuum cleaner. So the cleaner got a vacuum cleaner. Then we had to fight to try and get some food to her every, you know, third day, every second day, because she can hardly cook. And and it is quite sad to see them degenerate like that. And, uh, she taught us about the, the food, you know, no one can cook like an Italian, you know, so we found this Italian organization called Pisa uh, that does Italian cooking, and uh, they bring her food, and just yesterday when I was there, no, two days ago, sorry, when I was there, she goes, this is beautiful food, people should not complain about this food, and I'm thinking to myself, you nearly, you gave us hell to get here, do you know what I mean, it was just amazing, and... Uh, So we're walking through that and, uh, you know, she is starting to just lose it a little bit. The other day I went there and she goes, "Uh, do you know, the uh, air conditioner, I can't turn the air conditioner off. And I said, well, show me what you're doing. And she goes to the security pad and she starts switching off the security. I said, mum, that's the security pad, not the air conditioner. But the big highlight for us was when she accidentally, she bumped her her, um, security watch and called the security and they rang us and we couldn't remember the code so if you don't remember the code they have to put into action you know they call the police and I said look don't call the police I'm just about about 10 minutes away from her and they said look I'm sorry you can't give us the code so we have to call the police so as I'm getting out of the car I found out what was wrong with mum I came back to get something and there three policemen roll up and they're like going like what are you doing to your mother you know what's going on here and I'm going look it's, it's an accident it's been an accident." Uh, she's, she's accidentally, you know, touched her, her uh, watch. And anyway, she comes in and as, she, as they come in, she goes, beautiful, beautiful. Come and starts kissing them all. They all had to kiss her. And uh, she goes, you know, for 50 years I live in this country. I never have the policeman come sit down and make you coffee, you know. And their mum, they're working, you know. So she's, uh, she's on a bit of a journey. And, uh, but, you know, God's timing is absolutely perfect. Meredith's working full time at the moment she's got a a contracted job in a great school and uh you know we just thank god for his provision in this time which is amazing one of the great highlights is uh, that our son david got married i'm just going to throw up a picture here this is dave and and uh, his beautiful wife jess and that's my mother and somebody said to me all i have to do is put a bun in my hair and i'm starting to look like her do you know what i mean and uh, so it's getting quite difficult uh anyway here we go but um do you know, we've just seen some amazing things happen in our family. We thank God. You know, God loves families and he's after families. And uh, do you know, we had this old, old house which we bought before we came to Melbourne and we knocked it down. We bought, we've um, built two, I don't know what you call them, homets or something like that. and Would you believe that our son lives next door to us with his wife? And so we're putting a gate in between when they have grandkids. It's going to be fantastic. Typical Italian thing that you do. Um, But, you know, Jess was not, you know, she'd not given her heart to Christ. And we didn't know just before she got married today, which is in December. um, You know, she'd heard our sort of testimony and Dave's. And, uh, you know, she prayed. To God, she said, God, and it was a, such a simple prayer. She said, Do you know, God, uh, hello, God. This is how she <laughs> she goes, Hello, God. She says, uh, I'd like to become a Christian, and if it's okay, can I sort of become a Christian? That was her prayer. And um, you know, after they got married, they were obviously living next door to us. She is a very spiritual girl and had opened herself to many, many things uh, the new age and all sorts of things. And fear had really come into her life. And, one day, you know, Dave spoke and he says, you know, Jess is really, you know, struggling with fear and she's open for you to come and pray with her. And so Meredith and I went over and, you know, God just spoke to me and I gave her a scripture out of Timothy. It says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And, you know, she was, you know, I said to her, you know, when you, fear comes upon you, it's a spirit. I said, when it comes upon you, it's like you feel powerless and you feel unloved and you feel like you're losing your mind. She said, that's exactly how I feel. Anyway, I prayed. And uh, she told us she'd become a Christian. We did, you know, take her through another prayer to just make sure she understood the relationship with Jesus, that Jesus forgives, uh, you know, how sins and everything like that. But you know what? Uh, you know what's beautiful? When somebody becomes a Christian, how quickly they change. And, you know, she is, her and Dave are just flying. She, uh, uh, every time she comes over, she's so hungry for the Word. They're praying every day. And one of the highlights for me was just this week, uh, David was—he's a professional musician and he's a teacher—and uh, he was at a gig and she came over for tea because he was out. And um, you know, after we'd finished tea, she just asked us all these questions. Out, I went outside. I came back and there's Meredith sitting on the couch and she's sitting, you know, at her like her, her feet. And Meredith's discipling her, and I tell you what, it was just so precious to see. And you know, God is after our kids. I tell you, doesn't matter what happens, God is after our kids. And it's been such a beautiful thing to see. And you know, I believe this is the year of redemption. I really do. I believe that, you know, God is gonna redeem loss. And I don't know if you've been after you know, if you have suffered loss. Um Maybe your children are away. Actually, right now, I'd like to pray for children. Is that okay? If you've got a loved one, if you've got a child that's away from God. You know, Meredith, I don't know what's happened to her. Uh, She's become like a spiritual warrior. You know, we've got a long corridor in our house. It's a very thin home. And since we've started, well, before we even started praying and fasting, can I say this, we're fasting with you. This is our church. We might be in Adelaide, but it's home for us. And, uh, you know, she, she's just, she said, well, God's got one back, we're after the other two. God's after our kids. And if you've got a loved child that's away from God, I'd like you to stand right now. Would you do that? Because we're going to pray. How many of you believe in prayer? You know, God is able. And you know, it might look impossible. You know, sometimes we face situations that look impossible. But how many of you know that God is able? And you might be carrying a burden today. But I believe that this is the year of redemption. I believe today, come in faith believing that you are going to see redemption. It's got to be. Let me tell you, as parents, there's nothing we can do. We've had to let go of our kids, and sometimes that's the hardest thing. But let me tell you, God never lets go. And today, He's the Redeemer. And if you have suffered loss in that area, let me tell you, I believe that this is the year of redemption. I'd like, there's so many people standing up, but I would like, if you're you're sitting next to someone that's standing, would you go and lay a hand? on these people. Can we do that right now? Can we just begin to believe together as a church? Come on, lift your voice today as a church and just begin to believe for them. You know, God could even right now, even right now, something will happen in the supernatural. As you pray in the Spirit, I want you to really believe as you stand with these people. We are calling on the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. Even outside of our control, As a parent, actually, some of you as parents are struggling. Some of you are striving regarding your kids, but the Holy Spirit today is saying, Let them go into my hands. Stop trying to interfere with my plan and my purpose because I have a plan, I have a purpose. It goes way beyond what you can even think or imagine. For God is on the case. And Holy Spirit, today we thank you that you are moving, you are hovering over their situation, over their mind over their spirit. And today we call upon your redemptive blood, your redemptive power, and we speak life into these young people. We speak life into these sons and daughters. We speak life, and Lord, into their minds, into their spirit, and into their situation. And today we see your redemptive power come. Father, I pray that you would give parents peace. You'd give them a hope. Father, you would give them an understanding that Lord Everything is possible with you. Father, we give you praise for that right now in Jesus' name. Come on, would you give God a big hand of praise? Would you do that? And would you believe with us? Come on, give him praise today. Thank you. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thanks, Dan. Staying up here, give Dan a big hand. Thank you. Do you know, um, I will get into my sermon. Do you know, I was so thrilled about your uh, new youth pastor here, David. Isn't it great? And what a good-looking young man. And uh, you're not ready to get married. Let me tell you that, all right? Let me just put that out there. You're still many, many years. I can tell you're 50. You know, that's when... And, uh, you know, my mother was David's mother's Sunday school teacher. And uh, isn't it amazing how God connects things? And if you go to mum's place, you'll see that she's got this picture of her Sunday school, and some of her Sunday school kids still come and visit her, and uh, I was thrilled, uh, you know, when Pastor Charles, we were talking about, you know, the future of the church, and we were talking about David, but isn't it amazing how God connects, and you know, your mum and dad are such great people, and such spiritual people, so open to God, and you know, Dave, I was just thinking about you two days ago, and Geordie, firstly, I want to thank you for setting a great foundation in the youth. And uh, also, you know, for just knowing the timing of God in your life, you know. Um, but I just want to say, Dave, get ready for the Holy Spirit to move. And, uh, you know, this is not a, you're not going to run a social club, but I really feel that one of the things that you're going to do is bring the presence of the Holy Spirit in the dimension of our young people. Let me tell you something, folks. Our young people need an experience in the Holy Spirit. They don't just need to come to a club. They don't need to, this is not a babysitting thing. This is not where you see them go out. I, I was raised in the Holy Spirit. And if our young people of this generation, if they do not get a revelation of the Holy Spirit and learn how to hear His voice and learn how to walk with Him, let me tell you this, that there will not be change. They'll have a bit of fun. And, you know, we're teaching our young kids how to have fun. But we need to have, let them have an experience with the Holy Spirit. So, Dave, I'd like you to stand up because I'd like to pray for you. And I'm sure the church has already prayed. But I really sense that one of the hallmarks of what God is going to do through for you, you, you're going to raise up young people, not just in the Word of God, because that's so important that they understand God's Word, but you're going to raise up a generation of young people that know the voice of the Holy Spirit, that know how to walk with the Holy Spirit, that know that every day, just like Clarissa said, every day, you know, we get opportunities with the Holy Spirit. So I'd like just some of the team just to gather around, Dave. Can you believe that with him? Can you believe? And some of the young People here, would you just come and gather around him? Also, is that all right? Because I believe that God wants to raise up an army. Can, can you believe that with me right now? In the Holy Spirit, we just pray. Ethan, I, I don't know. I don't know what your situation is, but I had to actually ask your dad to remind me about your name. I had a, I had a senior moment. Um, I don't know where you're going to youth or whether you're not going to youth or whatever. But I'd like you to come and stand here, Ethan, because. Ethan, while I looked looked at you, there's, there's something of God on you, and th- there is something God is trying to un- release in your spirit, and do you, do you know Dave? Briefly, well, meet Dave, go and shake his hand, and say, hey Dave, how are you? Could you do that? And uh, <laughs> what, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to get, while they pray for you, I, I want Ethan to get close to you, and I want you to actually lay hands on Ethan. Is that all right? Because I believe there's a, tr- there's a transition of spirit. And Ethan, I don't know your situation, but this is a very important year for you. It's a really, really important year. It's really important that you hear from the Holy Spirit, that you position yourself for the things of what God wants to do in your life. Because you've got plans like we all do, and, and I'm sure you do. But God's got some things that are going to come your way, that are going to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. And if you position yourself right, you know, not only is God going to give you the desires of your heart, but what's going to happen is that there's going to be unlocking of the purpose of God, and it's bigger than what you think. Okay, so let's pray. Father, we pray for David. We thank you, Lord, for this young man that you've brought here, not by accident, but, Lord, by divine... Choice and Father, we pray that Lord the mantle that He will carry, Lord, that this mantle, Lord, will flow on the young people, Lord, that are going to be under Him, Lord, that He's going to lead. That Father, His constant desire will be, Lord, to teach Him Your Word and to help them to walk in the presence of the Holy Spirit. That, Lord, they'll be firebrands. That, Lord, out of this youth group will come young people, Lord, that You're going to use and Lord, as arrows, and You're going to launch them not just into the community, not just into the city, not just into the nation, but the nations of the world. One day, David, you will look back and you're going to see that the young people, just like your mum was in my mother's Sunday school class, you're going to see, you're going to have a picture of them and you're going to hear reports that God's going to send them here and there and all over the place. So David, today we release you in a new measure of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for that right now. And Father, I just pray for for Ethan Lord that today something would be released in his spirit that he would know the hand and the presence of God like never before we thank you for that in Jesus precious name amen and amen come on give God another big hand of praise and thank him you know Clarissa stole my message this morning and it was a simple message but such a profound message And um, this morning, I want to talk about open obedience. I want to talk about Jesus every day, or everyday Jesus. You know, it's funny how we confine ourselves to these four walls. And I'm so thrilled uh, when Pastor Charles last year, at the end of last year, we sent all the campus pastors away, and like we do every year, we, we pray and believe for God for a theme. And that's because we want to be focused, and we want to have like an arrowhead ...to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. You know, the church isn't led just by structure and just by leadership. If it is, it's just an organisation. But when the Spirit of God leads the church through the Word of God... ...and through appointed leadership, something significant happens to that congregation, to the community. And, uh, you know, Pastor Charles is a man of the Spirit. And when he came back and Steve came back and rang me, uh, you know, about Victory's Church theme... ...and Charles told me about the theme, I was so excited... Because I knew he'd heard from God. And it was so thrilling to hear the theme, the presence of God. And, you know, God's presence is with us. How many of you know Hebrews 13, 5 says that he will never leave us or forsake us. But, you know, God's presence isn't just for us. And, uh, you know, you might not enjoy this message. I hope you do. Uh, actually, you know, I'm not here to make you enjoy it. I'm here to stir up your spirit and, and understand what God wants to do. Do you know what I mean? Because, listen you know, I want to tell you something, this world is dying, and uh, I just couldn't believe the change in Jess, my daughter-in-law, I couldn't believe it, because you know, we get used to what we live in, but to see God's just come, his presence come and bring peace and hope, and you know, we live in a dying world in a world that needs Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, sometimes what happens is we use His presence just for our own enjoyment. And there is enjoyment in the presence of God. There's freedom, there's love. But the presence of God isn't just for us. It's there to flow through us. It's there to flow through us every single day. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the reason that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit was not that so we could just have great meetings. It was so that we would be empowered to reach a dying world. And let Tell you, God wants to, His heart is to reach a broken world. You know, many of us live you know, through what I call principled obedience. This is my terminology just to help us understand. We live by principled obedience. What do I mean by that? You know, what I mean by that is that, you know, we live according to God's Word, like we follow the Ten Commandments. We live principled obedience. But God, there's another dimension in God. It's called open obedience. When we are so in tune with the Holy Spirit that He can interrupt our day at any moment. And if we are open to His voice, God will create obedience opportunities to minister to people outside the four walls of the church do you know we are not fasting to manipulate God I've tried that so have you some of you are fasting think to yourself you know what if I can just fast maybe through sacrifice God will change my circumstance some of us try to fast because we try to maneuver God well, let me tell you, God ain't moving when God doesn't want to move. Do you know what I mean? Because God is, is, has the big picture. We fast because we try to remove the distractions because what, when we fast, what we're doing is we're inclining our ear to the voice of the Spirit so we can hear His voice. The Bible says that my sheep know my voice. Do you know the voice of the Holy Spirit? Uh, when was the last time that you had a spiritual encounter or a spiritual moment? And you know what? Every day God wants to speak to us, but it depends if our ear is attuned to his spirit. And I call that open obedience. I believe that, you know, we're entering into a new decade. We're coming into the, you know, the, the, a new decade in the next two years. We're coming into a brand new decade. And every year, there is, every decade, there's a new theme. And I believe there's going to be two significant shifts in the church over in this next new decade. The first thing that I believe is going to happen, uh, I believe there's a hunger for a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. Uh, how many of you believe that? You know, I believe there is a hunger raising up for a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. You know, Psalm 42, one to five, David cries out to God and he says, as a deer panther for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God, my soul Soul thirsts for the living God. Man, I'll tell you one thing that's happened in Adelaide. We've gone through a heat wave. I can't believe I hate that sort of a heat. One day it was 48 degrees. I didn't know where to hide, man. I just wanted to stay inside. We put that air conditioner on. I had fans on while the air conditioner was going on. I had ice. I had everything. I was trying to cool myself down. I opened up the door just to step outside. It was like a heat wave. And I don't know what it's been like here, but it's been like a heat wave. Saturday morning, just as I was preparing to fly out, you know, it started raining. It was like the rain dried before it hit the ground. And I thought, this place is so dry. It's yellow. There's the parks are yellow. And, you know, it's just it looks just burnt. It needs rain you know, the church, when the church gets dry, I believe there's such a hunger for the Holy Spirit right now. And you know what? I believe there's such a hunger in the young people, people sitting in church. And you know, listen, you know, I'm a structured person. You know, I believe in structure. You know that I believe in strategy. Uh, you know, I believe that's part of church life. I believe that we need to have structure. It talks about in the Valley of Dry Bones, Ezekiel 37, the structure was, the, you know, the is about the bones, the strategy is about the plans and the visions. And that's all great, but I want to tell you something, there is going to be a move of God that is not going to, the church is not going to be stimulated just through structure or by strategic plans, but there's going to be a move of the Spirit that's going to move across our cities and our communities. Come on, give God a hand of praise. Let there be hunger in the house, because I want to tell you something, yes, we do need structure, and the church has had to really catch up in that area. It really has to, because we were shabby in a lot of areas. We have needed strategies, but in In a sense we've had to stimulate the church but get ready because I believe that there in this next decade we are going to see the move of the spirit that's going to be unprecedented to what we've seen before do you want that because I certainly want that God wants to move like he's never moved before I believe that our churches are like a sailboat do you know what the the boat is ready the sails up but there's been no wind and you know we've been rowing and it's caused, you know, we've put the energy, we put the effort, we put the enthusiasm, which is fantastic. But I want to tell you, when your sail's up and there's some wind blowing, I tell you what, it takes away the effort and the striving. And you know that it's a move of God, and we need a move of God like we've never seen one before. Do you know, I just want to say this to you as a church, that, you know, we pray for revival. I want to tell you when we see what a real revival looks like. See, in the church, we shouldn't be praying for revival because we should be alive. We should be alive. Revival happens when out there, when all of a sudden we see things happen supernaturally by the power of God. That's when there's a true revival, and I'm hungry to see a true revival happen. I'm hungry to see God do some amazing things outside these four walls, which is going to be amazing. The second thing I believe is that there's awakening of the body of Christ to function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There was such a desire. You know, I'm meeting people all over the place and, you know, the the joke around home now is I I don't drive to work, I fly to work because most of my work is interstate. But do you know... The people that I'm meeting in churches and talking to pastors and, you know, there's such a desire to release the body in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That it's no longer just the chosen few that are just, you know, well, you're called to ministry, you're full time, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Can I say this? We are all ministers. Every one of you in your seat, you're a minister. You carry the presence of God. And the reason you carry the presence of God is because God wants to flow His presence through you. God wants to surprise you. God wants to amaze you. He wants to do things through your life that if you were just to tune your ear to the Spirit, you'll be amazed what's locked up in you. You'll be amazed of what's in you. You'll be amazed that the power of God is actually in you and wants to flow through you to touch a dying world. You know, I believe that, you know, as we come into open obedience, what do I mean by open obedience? An open heart ready to respond. An open hand ready to give, open ears, ready to hear, open eyes, ready to see, open mouth, ready to speak, an open walk when you are ready to go. Get ready. God's looking for an obedience that goes beyond the four walls of the church, goes beyond principal living, but goes to the place where when we hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, we will respond. Maria, I know you, you know, well, you're doing some amazing things with your vocal coaching and um, I see it on Facebook and I think I need some vocal coaching myself and we've talked about it a little bit but you know you've got a platform there and what what you say is so powerful about your voice but get ready because I believe God wants to do something on that platform for you I believe that there's some gifts in your life that God wants to unlock and he wants to bring you to a whole new level of understanding of what the spirit of God wants to do would you stand to your feet for me just for a moment can we pray for her she she has great influence in the community. And I believe you're going to be a fire starter. I believe there's other people that God's going to use to be like a firebrand. Would you lift your hands towards heaven? Come on, everybody just to stretch your hands out. Father, I pray this year, Maria, I, I just turned around while I was sitting at the front and the Holy Spirit spoke to me about you. And he said, you know what? This young lady, my hand is upon her. Get ready because it's going to intensify. The Spirit of God is going to intensify. There's going to be divine opportunities that when you're at work and you're doing your work, the Holy Spirit will speak. And God's going to give you wisdom how to administrate the words he's going to give you. Because it's a delicate situation. There are people that are going to come to you that come from all walks of life. Some of them even resist resisting the gospel. Some of them, they're going to come and they're, they're going to, if you, you know, the moment they hear about Jesus, they just, they sort of manifest. But God is going to give you wisdom through the Spirit of God, through the gift of wisdom of the Holy Spirit, for you to minister to those people and there will be an attraction like a magnet and they will ask for more. So Holy Spirit, Lord, just anoint her afresh. Let your Spirit, Lord, unblock her ears. Lord, unblock her mind to the potential of what the Holy Spirit wants to do through her life in Jesus name amen and amen come on give God praise and come on come on give him praise in this house so get ready God wants to do some amazing things let me draw your attention very very quickly to Acts chapter 9 I don't know if you've got your Bible who has got their Bible put your hand up who's got their phone I don't know these days you use all sorts of things Acts chapter 9, we're going to look at a story, I'm going to read a few passages here. This is Acts chapter 9, Saul's conversion. And um, this, this man, Saul, who became one of the greatest writers of Scripture, but he was not always a follower of Jesus Christ. Let me just read this passage to you, Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, against the church. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that that if he found a way, any that who belonged to the way, or Christians, whether men or women, he might take them in as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, I am Jesus whom you persecuted, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground but when he opened his eyes he could not see. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and he did not eat or drink anything. Let me just stop there. This this guy is after the church and you know what, well, he was after Christians. He'd already already got rid of St- Stephen, uh, one of the disciples. And he was there when Stephen got stoned. And now he gets letters from the Pharisees to go and persecute the church, to go after the church. And do you know what? He was unredeemable. He looked unredeemable. You thought to yourself, this guy, he is... He, he is You know, breathing fire. He's armed with letters of authority. He's ready to take prisoners. And, you know, what was the church doing? Well, let me tell you this. The church wasn't actually praying. Uh, You know, nothing was happening. He had a divine encounter with the Spirit of God. There are some situations, friends, that only God can change those situations. And I want to tell you, the Spirit of God, we're going to see some unprecedented situations. Mark my words, we're going to see some situations where it's not man's doing. It's not even the churches praying because let me tell you, they weren't praying, they didn't have faith, they had fear. But let me tell you, God is on it, and doesn't matter what your situation you're facing, God is on it. You know, this nation has been faced in the last couple of years, you know, marriage is being attacked, abortions are now on the rise, and there's different laws, their gender identity. And, you know, if you think our politicians grab the Bible and pass their laws through the Bibles and say, let's see what the Bible says about this, they don't. Let me tell you, they don't. They live under humanistic rule. They live under secular rule. And let me tell you, it's going into paganism. That's what it's going into. And sometimes it looks like, what can we do about these situations? But get ready, because the Holy Spirit is going to move in situations and He's going to change situations around that we thought could never change. Do you know, last night, I'm staying with John and Jan, I'm speaking fast because I've got a lot more to say, is that alright? And you know, I was staying with John and Jan and I love staying with them except for that jolly dog. That dog is, I, I, that dog's possessed. I don't know what's wrong with that dog. Can you believe this? Wherever I sit, it wants to come and sit next to me. I mean, I do everything. I, you know, do the cross to it, you know, I want to pray for it, I put a pillow in front of it. No way. All it wants is me. Okay, it's like my wife, that's all she, she just wants me all the time. But do you know? And Jan, Jan gives me this, she goes, you know, we just started talking about Scott Morrison. And I said, you know, it's going to need a miracle. He ain't going to make it. He ain't going to make it. Because all the political, you know, um, reports are saying, you know, pretty well Labor's going to get in. Well, let's see what God does. She showed me this prophecy, and this prophecy says some things. I'm thinking to myself, Wow. Because let me tell you, if Scott Morrison gets back in, it will be a hand of God. We need, we need the hand of God to move. There's some things at the church we don't have the strength, we don't have but let me tell you, the spirit of God, let me tell you it's his church, it's his world, it's his city, it's his families and God will take care of it. We can strive and struggle and stuff like that but let me tell you, God is on it. Some things seem impossible and I've seen God turn situations around when I thought, you know, my back was to the wall, situations were to the wall and I thought to myself, you know what, we're not going to make it but let me tell you, we have a Redeemer. We have the God of all the earth, and He is at work. He's at work through the Holy Spirit. He is going to break things through like we have never. Come on, you need to get a bit excited in here today, because God is on your case. Don't think to yourself, it doesn't matter how black, how dark, how deep your situation is, I want to tell you that God can redeem every single situation, and we need to lift Him and praise Him. Come on, right now, just stand to your feet, just for a moment and come on just give him a huge clap of praise and thank him and say God today I put my faith I put my hope I put my trust in you you are able you are able to turn you're able to break every barrier if you can open the Red Sea if you can break down the walls of Jericho then you can do amazing things come on come on just give him praise just for a moment just give him praise. Be seated. Be seated, but don't stop praising. Don't stop praising people. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, this is, God is going to, He is going to redeem things. Some of you have lost money. Some of you have gone through some deep things, but get this is the year of redemption. Through His presence, He will redeem. It will be the hand of the Lord because man is not going to carry the glory of God. There's some stuff that's going to happen, and we're going to keep our eyes and see what God is going to do. Hey, the marriage bill is huge. Uh, you know, as a national team, you know, uh, we get all the different policies that are being put on the table and how it will affect the church. And, you know, the last NLT meeting, there was 31 new things that the government is looking at. And if they come in, it, it is it is diabolical. It's amazing. And you look at it and you think, how can we get through? And you, you feel like you can lose hope, but I want to tell you something, the hand of God, the hand of God. It's His presence. The Apostle Paul, let me tell you this, no man prayed for Him. No man witnessed to Him. No man went and tried. There was no strategy in the church. It was the pure hand of God. Get ready because some of the hardest people, some of the people with the hardest hearts, when they encounter God, they're going to know the living God. They're not going to know about Uni Hill Church or Nick Rescue or Charles Grisopoli. I want to tell you, they're going to know about the Redeemer, the one who died on a cross for them to redeem them for His life. So no one, the church, it was the pure hand of god but what i love is the second part of this passage acts chapter 9 verse uh, 10 this is what it says let's read about this in damascus there was deci- there was a disciple named ananias the lord called to him in a vision ananias yes lord he answered the lord told him go to the house of judas judas i love this on straight street isn't the holy spirit amazing you know it wasn't just go to this house go to straight, I love the name of the street, go to straight street, because I'm going to put this guy right, he's been, you know, he's been living on wrong street, I'm going to, you know, he's on straight street, don't you love the specifics of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit knows everything about your situation, you can't blindfold him, you can't put one over him, he is the one who knows all, and he says, listen, you're going to go to straight street, you're going to see a man there Uh, from Tarsus Saul for he is praying in a vision he has, um, has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore him Lord listen I love this Lord Ananias answered I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints he was scared he was scared God was speaking to him but he was scared usually when God speaks to you you'll be scared when God tells you to do something, let me tell you something, you'll be scared. You won't be, it won't be all you're full of faith. Man, i tell you something. There's been some things that God has told me to go, no way, you got the wrong bloke. No way am I going to do this. Move to Melbourne. Sure, that ain't happening. You know, move back to Adelaide. That ain't happening. You know, go and take care of your mother. God, please let me take care of churches more than my mother. And here's come. Listen to this, he said, Lord, I've heard, and he's come with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name from the Gentiles and their kings before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. That's a great thing to say. Listen, you're going to suffer for the name of Jesus. Then Ananias went to the house and entered, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see him again and now be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. And he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he was regained by strength. Let me just focus on Ananias. Do you know what? Ananias, if you read scripture, he was just a disciple. He was just like me and you. You know, one commentary tries to say that he was a prophet, but, you know, when the Apostle Paul actually in Acts 22 12, he, he actually says, This guy, Ananias, if you read it, he says he was just a common man. But let me tell you what the difference was. He had an open heart. He had open obedience. He was just like an everyday person. Listen, you don't have to be a prophet for God to use you. You don't have to be a prophet for God to speak through you. You don't have to be some ministry gift that has got some title for God to use. Let me tell you, God uses everyday, ordinary people who are open to him, who have open obedience. And he's looking for a people, and he found Ananias. And let me tell you, Ananias, do you know, he had an open heart. He had open ears. He was praying. And that's what happens when you pray, when you open up your heart, God will speak to you. Guess what? He wasn't in a church. When God spoke to him, he was not in church. So is it possible that God can speak to you outside these four walls? Absolutely. He wants to speak to you every day. God gave him specific specific instruction. Get ready because we're moving into a dimension where God will speak specifically to you about situation. He will give us revelation. He will give us words of knowledge. He will give us insight into situations and they'll be led by the Holy Spirit so that you can do His will. He was not a disciple. He had fears. Of course he had fears if you look let me tell you this when God speaks you will be afraid you'll be afraid you'll be nervous you won't know what to do you will say God how do I do but if you take that step of faith if you go with open obedience you take that step of faith let me tell you God will fill your mouth God will fill your mouth he will give you instruction on how to speak and what I love about this that when he went he responded with obedience and he went with authority look are you ready Are you ready? Are we listening? Are we ready? Because you know what? Get ready for the unpredictable. Get ready for the unexpected. Get ready for the unorganized. Get ready for the unknown. Get ready for the unprecedented. Because God is going to do something beyond what we understand or imagine. Would you give God praise today? He wants to flow through us. He wants His presence to flow through us. You know, the most exciting times in my Christian life. Can I have... The band, the musicians, whatever, Pastor Charles is back. So good to see you. you. look like you're losing weight from a distance there, bud. You're obviously fasting, you know, yeah. it's working for you. I want you to come and close the meeting after if that's all right, Pastor. Uh, the most exciting times in my Christian life uh, has been when the Holy Spirit has spoken to me and I've acted in open obedience. When the Holy Spirit has spoken to me and I've acted in Open obedience. And you know what? I want to tell you something. I wasn't in church when God spoke to me about Uni Hill. You know the story. I was in a cafe and I wasn't fasting. Thank God I wasn't fasting because I was enjoying the great meal and coffee and stuff like that. And it was really fantastic. And I was talking to Pastor Joe and as we walked out of the building, I saw this land and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. It was in a second. I'm not that smart. It wasn't a strategic move the Holy Spirit because he wanted the church here he wanted you here he wanted us here I wasn't in church I wasn't in church recently when I had this concrete to come and do some concrete in our house you know what us, us Italians are like we came we saw we concreted you know what I mean that's what we're like and I, I, and this guy was running two weeks late he, he came and did a quote for me he promised me the world he was Italian. All all concreteers are Italian. Lovely young guy, 40 years old. And the first week he couldn't come, and you know, we couldn't finish our our houses because we, unless the the the, the driveways and everything, we couldn't put up our fences. It, it was security issues, and and you know, and it rained for a whole week. Then the next week he got sick. And I'm I'm now like I'm over grace. I'm like, my grace is gone, you know. I'm also Italian, you know, when I don't listen to the Holy Spirit. So he comes, finally gets there, and I'm ropeable. You haven't seen that side of me, because all of you think I'm so angelic. But I'm ropeable, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, and he starts talking to me. So he's got his guys, you know, framing everything up, and he starts talking to me. And all I could think of was, hurry up and do your job. What are you doing? You've wasted two weeks a month. Do your job. What are you doing? I don't want to hear to you. And as he's talking to me, he's telling me about the stress in his life. And and I'm thinking to myself, you're causing me stress. And he's just telling me, i stressed in my life. And I've got this happening and I've got this happening. And I'm like going, man, alive. You know, I'm going, yeah, yeah, Well, You know, I'm trying to be, you know, I'm thinking to myself, he doesn't know I'm a pastor. So I don't have to be a pastor or all. I'm like, oh, yeah, really, that's really good, you know. And all I could think about is get on with your job. And I, my attitude stunk. Do you know the Holy Spirit can speak to you when your attitude stinks? Do you know the Holy Spirit can go beyond your emotions? You think that the Holy Spirit can't speak? You think that the Holy Spirit can't even use you when you got an attitude? Right there, bang, in the middle of all that. The Holy Spirit speaks to me. He said, listen to him. Listen. You're not listening. You're not even listening to me. How many of you. Spirit's great at rebuking us. He said, listen, because you're not hearing his heart. He's telling me how stressed he is. And as he's speaking, the Holy Spirit speaks to me. He says, the reason he's so stressed is because he can't say no. He's a people pleaser. He tries to do everything. He overcommits himself and he can't please. So he finishes talking and said, you know what? I won't tell you his name because he's on a journey. Beautiful young man. He did not come and do my cement. God brought him to me because he's trying to reach him. So you know what happened is I said to him, you know, you know what's happening to you? You're a people pleaser. You're trying to please everybody. You can't say no. You carry stress. You overcommit yourself. As I'm speaking, it's like he starts to well up. And he starts to say to me, he goes, who are you? Who, how, how do you, You've just met me. How do you know what's going on? I want to tell you, that's the the Holy Spirit when He speaks to you. He gives you. He He can get into the very hearts of men and women and situations. Cut a long story short. You know, we finally finally did the concrete. Thank God. We started talking about Kimberly because he had some stomach issues. And I'm so looking forward to him meeting Kimberly. You know who Kimberly is? She's a dynamite in God. So he had to come back and do some more for me. He says, Nick, ever since that conversation, something has changed in me. So he's on a journey. Friends, let me tell you, you don't have to be in church for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Do you know when God spoke to me about, you know, and God is funny. Let me tell you, God is hilarious. He, he is so incredible. Do you know Lockie and Laura? Where's Lockie? Lockie and Laura. If you ever hear this story about how they got married, it's because of the Holy Spirit. That's why there's hope for you. Do you know what I mean? You need to wait for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. The Holy Spirit spoke to me about Meredith. I mean, I was attracted to her, but let me tell you, the Holy Spirit was very clear to me about you. This is the woman I have for you. Because there was other situations. But you know, Lockie, when I met, well, of course there was other situations. Look at me. Come on, people, please. Come on. You know, come on. I'm Italian. Come on. List as long as my arm, you know. Can you please scrub that off? Because if my wife hears that, she's going to. Short arms. I'm sorry. I'm going a bit longer here today. But Lockie, you know, and some of you might know the story, but I was having tea at his parents' place. He was visiting from New Zealand, and and I just felt this urge to say to him, and I know it was the Holy Spirit, so "You need to come back to New Zealand, to Australia." He goes, "No." Nah. Not coming back. I said, well, you need to. The Holy Spirit, you need to come back. He's being disobedient. You need to come back. And he goes, no, no. And I thought to myself, maybe he doesn't want to come back here because he's got a girlfriend over there. I said, have you got a girlfriend? He goes, no. And he goes, why? Have you got one for me? (laughs) Do you know, as soon as... (laughs) I know that some of you think this is man-made. I want to tell you something. God's on it. And, I said, and then just as he said it, guess what? Laura's face, the beautiful face, appeared in my mind. I said, yes, I do. <laughs> anyway, that's a, that's a short story for a long story. They're married because the Holy Spirit brought them together. Now, I know that doesn't happen with everybody. I know that doesn't. But this is my point. You don't have to be in church for God to speak to you. Actually, do you know God wants to speak to you every day? I could tell you story after story. I'm just going to throw up one picture of this little boy. Can we throw that picture up? This little boy's name's Jack. And it's not that God can just speak to you, you know, outside of church, because he can't speak to you in church. Some of you around coffee, the Holy Spirit can interrupt your attention while you're speaking to someone. You may be meeting someone here. It's amazing what God did. This little boy in 2006, I was preaching in a church. And as I'm preaching, the Holy Spirit, that's little Jack, isn't he cute? As I'm speaking, you know, I just, this this couple was being highlighted to me. I just stood them up. I said, you know, look, I don't know your situation. They'd only been coming to church for a couple of weeks. I don't know your situation. Little did I know that they'd been through IVF and all sorts of things and stuff like that that have that had miscarriages and everything like that. And I said, the Holy Spirit's about to do something powerful in your life. You've been praying for something. I don't know what it is. God doesn't reveal those things. You just have to be obedient. Do you know, and do uh, you know, I met her. I met her. At the church we're going to at the moment, our old church, we used to pastor. Just in December, she came up to me. She goes, are you Pastor Nick Resky? And I'm thinking, have I changed that much? You know, and she, I go, uh, yeah, I am. She goes, you don't remember me. You won't remember me. But in 2006, you pulled this out. You prophesied this. I want you to be introduced to the miracle. And here he is. His name's Jack. Let me tell you, friends, God wants to move. God wants to do something significant. God wants to do something that goes beyond understanding. And it doesn't just happen to Nick Resky. It doesn't just happen to church. There is a revival that needs to happen out there. And whoever's, you know who's going to start it? I want to tell you, God's going to start it through his body. He's going to start it through your workplace, through your school place. He's going to do an amazing thing. Would you stand to your feet, Pastor Charles? Would you come? I I wonder today, you know, Isaiah chapter 6 verse 9. I was going to tell you some other things. It's all fine. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6 verse 9. God calls out and he's calling out again to the church. And he said, whom shall I send? and Isaiah said here I am send me would you be one of those that why we are in the season of praying fasting would you say God here I am send me and you know what it's not send me to a platform it's God not send me to some prestigious place it's God send me to wherever you want me to go God send me people that you want me to meet and if that's you today would you lift your hand and say pastor I want to be counted in get ready for the Holy Spirit. Get ready. Some of you, the Holy Spirit wants to be awakened in your life like never before. Please come to the prayer meeting on next Wednesday because we're going to do some prophetic activation. But I want to tell you something. You might need training. You might need, you know, some help and encouragement. You know, Jess, she's just a young Christian and God is speaking to her because God speaks to you. Doesn't matter what your maturity level is, doesn't matter what you know, doesn't matter what you don't understand. God wants to speak. Come on, with your hands lifted up. Father, in Jesus' name, this is a year of presence. This is a year of your presence. And Father, you want your presence in the Holy Spirit to flow through us, to flow through us, Father to go to the highways and the byways to go to those places that Lord are riddled with darkness to go to those places Lord that need breakthrough and Father you want to do it through your body you want to awaken your body you want to shake your body Father you want to say to your body open your eyes open your ears open your mouth open your spirit open your heart and see what I will do because I'm about to do something that is unplanned I'm about to do something that's unorganized. I'm about to do something that you haven't even premeditated. For the Spirit of God will move in a fresh and a new way. And you will see the hand of God move like never before. Come on, give God a huge, huge hand of praise tonight. Hallelujah. It's here. Raise your hands in this place.